Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21 will be the text if you want to open your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. Just a moment, I'll read that. And we're going to think together about how our praying is often too small. We don't realize it, but we sort of just shrink our prayers into a very, very tiny orbit. And uh, so we're going to think about expanding that. And before I preach on prayer, how about we pray, okay? Let's bow our heads together. Invite you to be silent in God's presence, to uh, offer your heart with a sense of openness. Would you take a moment and silently tell God that you love Him? Offer praise and thanksgiving for something that's particularly real in your life this morning in terms of blessings. And would you take a moment and be very honest with God about some concerns on your heart, petitions, intercessions for others, people you love, or particular clouds of struggle in your own life. Our loving God, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We do pray today for a world larger than our own. We do pray for those who are experiencing the uh, devastation of wildfires, both in California and, and in Athens, Greece. We pray for our mission partnerships in Kenya and South Dakota, Ukraine, the work that goes on in Houston and other places. We lift up to you those in our armed services who are serving in the military and their families. We pray for wars to cease. We pray for refugees everywhere on this earth, displaced people who need care. We pray today for those within our own fellowship who are struggling with physical illness or mental illness, family struggles, personal disappointment. And we pray especially also for those who are dealing with the confusion of sin and sin's enslavement and who need to find the way to your light and your salvation through Jesus Christ. We pray for our church's mission and the global mission of evangelizing this world with the good news of Christ. And today we are hungry to connect with you in a deeper way. We're thirsty to move past the routine of saying brief prayers and going to sleep. We pray that you'll open our lives to new possibilities and help us to hear your truth. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Now if you're able to stand, I would invite you to do so as I read from God's word from Ephesians chapter 3 beginning in verse 4. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. 
I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Some of you stayed out too late last night, and others of you did not sleep well last night. So for those of you who would like to sleep through this morning's sermon, I'm going to give you the cliff notes right away. The condensed version in three sentences. Here's the first sentence. Pray big. Second sentence. Most of our prayers are too small. Here's the third sentence. Pray big. Now you can go back to sleep. Or if you want to stay awake, hear what the Apostle Paul has to say about that. Because the Apostle Paul wanted people to pray big. And, you know, last week we learned from Ephesians chapter 2 that because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, the middle wall of partition is broken down and everyone, regardless of who you are, is welcome in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Everyone. And so Paul says, since you have access, why don't you take advantage of that access and learn to pray more deeply and more broadly. And he not only encourages us to pray, he models for us what prayer is like. Most of our prayer life gets really shrunken. You know, it's bless mama and me and baby makes three. It's that idea that our prayer life is just that little tiny, tiny constricted circle. And Paul says, learn to pray big. Now, the problem with getting into this passage of Scripture that in the Greek, is that in the Greek, verses 14 through, uh, 14 through 19, that's all one sentence. Paul had this habit of getting excited about a subject, and he would just go on and on, and you want to break in and say, Paul, take a breath. Wait a minute. And so it's really a little bit hard to crack this Scripture open uh, and, to, and to really get into it, but... A uh, Bible scholar named Bonnie Thurston helped me with this, and I want to pass it on to you. And he's, she says that there are really three sections to this, to this model prayer that Paul offers us. And we're going to leave that on the screen, the whole message. There are no other slides. Just going to stay there. Uh, she points out, and, and by the way, this is very faithful to the Scripture text. Uh, the first part of the prayer is adoration or invocation. It's the opening Verses 14 and 15, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father in heaven, from whom every family in heaven on earth takes its name. And then verses 16 through 19 are petition, the actual requests. And then the last part is that doxology. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more than we ask or imagine. That's the ending, the doxology, the benediction. Now, if you look closely at that, And think for a moment, you've seen that outline before. You pray that outline often. Because that is precisely the skeletal outline 
of the Jesus prayer, the Lord's prayer that Jesus gave us. Look at it again and think about it. Adoration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Petition. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. And then finally, doxology. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. All honest, healthy, big praying will somehow or other take in that kind of skeletal outline. And that's a, that's a guide, a place for us to start. Like the Lord's Prayer, Paul begins with God. He doesn't begin with his own requests. He begins with God. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now the problem, frankly, with a lot of our praying is that we jump right into requests. Uh, God, here's my Santa list. Here are the things I need this week. Here's what I need you to do for my family. And here's what I'm really not liking about my life that I need you to fix. And we don't praise. We don't pause to give thanks. We don't pause to worship in gratitude, to acknowledge who God is. Paul says we begin praying with God, God's greatness, God's majesty and mystery, God's power. And if you had time, you would notice that this prayer is very Trinitarian. Uh, The Father is mentioned. Christ, uh, the Son, is mentioned and woven throughout this prayer. The Holy Spirit is mentioned and woven through this prayer. It's very Trinitarian. And notice that Paul says, because of this great God, I bow my knees. Here's Here's an interesting observation In Paul's day, the good Jew prayed standing up with palms lifted. That was an appropriate posture for prayer and the most popular one. But Paul says instead, I bow my knees, acknowledging both God's greatness and his own humility. And true prayer assumes God's greatness And genuine prayer will always assume our own humility because we desperately need to be humble in God's awesome, incredible presence. The petition of the prayer is the largest. God wants us to bring our requests. But Paul doesn't pray small. In verse 16, he says, I pray that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being." with power through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. The word rooted is a word that Paul borrowed from agriculture. The root system both anchors the plant and nourishes the plant. He wants the love of Christ to do that for us. Then he used an architectural term from his day, grounded. The love of Christ is to be our foundation, the solid substance under us that doesn't shake us even in storms. And notice his emphasis on inner being. 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Have you figured out yet that the Christian journey is an inside job? It's not external ceremony. It's what Christ does inside of us that's so important. It's what Christ does inside of us that has to motivate the good. David Brooks is a New York Times columnist. And uh, he said in an interview not long ago that we will never understand human behavior until we understand that human beings have souls. That we are not just biological creatures. That we are not just the sum total of evolutionary pressures. That life is more than biology. That we have inner beings. And that's precisely what Paul prayed for the people. To understand this this depth of meaning, this this inner meaning. The the message translates this in a very interesting fashion. God doesn't change us by brute strength. God does not push us around to get His way, externally force us into situations. God works from the inside out. And let me just parenthetically say and encourage you to pray this prayer for people you love. Insert their names where the personal pronouns exist in Paul's prayer. I've prayed this prayer for my family many times. I prayed this prayer when I arrived at the sanctuary early this morning as I walked across the floor level in the balcony for you. It's a powerful prayer. And when we pray prayers of Scripture, we are actually praying more than we understand. We are, pay, we are praying beyond our pay grade. We are praying beyond our capacity to grasp because we are praying Scripture. We are praying what Paul taught us to pray. And he's not done. He says in verse 18, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints the love of Christ in its full dimensions of breadth and length and height and depth. Wow, he's getting deep. He said, I want you to be able to comprehend the incomprehensible, the the, the magnitude, the vastness of how much Christ loves you. And then the crowning petition, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. How full is that? To be filled with the fullness of God. C.S. Lewis said one time that through prayer, we spiral. Every prayer is a growing experience, so we spiral. He said we spiral inward and upward in prayer. Our prayer life spirals us inward and upward into the deep things of God. Paul was praying a mouthful. He wants us to pray big, not pray tiny prayers, but to pray big prayers. But notice, you don't get to pray and experience the deep things of God flying solo. He says, I pray that you'll have the power to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and depth and height. We don't get to live the deep things of God by ourselves. The only way we live the deep things of God are with the saints in community with other believers. 
we will never be able to experience the deep things of God going off by ourselves. We need one another in prayer and fellowship to go deeper into the deep things of God. I read a moving testimony uh, of a young lady who had battled mental illness and depression uh, in ways that left her immobilized socially and personally and spiritually. She was so honest about her, her depression and her mental illness that she said she wanted so desperately to keep walking in the Christian life, but she didn't know how. And she used a phrase that really stayed with me. She said, I decided the only thing I could do was to strap myself to the prayers of Israel and let the church help me. When we don't have strength, when we don't have faith, when we've lost our way, we strap ourselves to the prayers of Israel and let the church help us. You see, when Paul uses that phrase to comprehend with all the saints, it's for everybody. It's a communal experience. The the pronouns you in this prayer are plural, like y'all. It's something we do together. I was making a visit one time to a lady who was facing surgery. She'd been active in the church. Uh, She loved to be here, but health had failed. Her body wouldn't do what she wanted it to do anymore. And uh, she was uh, living in isolation physically, but she lived with joy. And uh, right after I prayed with her, with joy on her face... I want to tell you what she said. I wrote it down as soon as I left because I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to keep it. She said, uh, I wrap myself every night in the church family's prayers. The prayers of the people tuck me in at night. The prayers of the people tuck me in at night. So that's a reminder if you've gotten slack in your prayer life, interceding for the saints, get busy. Because there are people out there counting on the prayers of the saints to carry us through. The doxology of this prayer, we could spend another four weeks. As Paul says, now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we ever ask or imagine. To Him be glory. Prayer celebrates God's generosity. That's what prayer does. It celebrates God's generosity. And Paul uses an adverb that is rarely used uh, in in the New Testament, and it's, it's like piling on language. Exceedingly abundantly is the best way it can be translated uh, in English. And Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly, him who's able to do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. Martin Luther once said, we pray for silver and God gives us gold. We pray for silver and God gives us gold. Because God's always giving more than we ask and better than we ask. 
And how many times as a child growing up at Little Maple Grove Baptist Church in northwest Missouri where I was raised, did we sing, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. To him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we dare ask or think. And it occurred to me when I was thinking about all these riches that we have in prayer, these big prayers that we're given permission to pray, it it occurred to me that I need to make an apology to anyone here this morning who's not yet a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've not yet committed your life to Jesus Christ, I want to apologize to you for the way we Christians have made the Christian life so bland and so boring. With all these riches, with all this spiritual dynamite, we have managed to flatten out the Christian life and suck all of the joy out of it and to make it kind of miserable, and I want to apologize to non-believers that we've made it so bland and blah, because it's not. What Jesus Christ can do for you is about not just eternal life and forgiveness of sins, those are huge, but peace and purpose in your life. He brings a joy, a beauty, a warmth. Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the world. And we want you to know him. And to Christians, I would say this morning, let's stop praying so small. Let's pray big. Bow with me, please. Open our hearts, O God, to the gospel work you want to do in us every day, every minute of every day. And let that begin this morning. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now before we stand for our time of response, let me just simply say, if you are not yet a follower of Christ, and you want to step into the power and the difference that Christ can make for now and forever, uh, you're ready to commit to him. I'll be here at the front during our response time. If you've recently done that, want to share it with people, I'll be here to, uh, to help and encourage you. If you have a church membership decision, you have other burdens on your heart that you want someone to pray with you about, we're here, right where you stand. Whatever God is speaking to you about this morning, just settle it or begin to move on it.